Hello and welcome to the Sung's Garage podcast. Sit down, have a drink, and chill out with Sung Kang and me, Alex Harrington, as we catch you up on what's been going on. The Sung's Garage podcast is available on all of your favourite podcast providers, as well as a video version on YouTube. While you're listening, take a look at sungsgarage.com as well for more of the latest news on cars, the Fast and Furious, and Sung himself. Enjoy. So I actually wanted to talk about Fast and Furious because obviously it's been out for quite a while now. Um, yeah. What's it? What's life been like since the release of Fast Nine? Has it changed? Life? Um, yeah. It's the same, Alex. It's just the job, you know. Yeah. I mean, I still have to go wake up and brush my teeth and do my laundry. I have to take out the garbage and stuff, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to the grocery store. You haven't got it's to just <laughs> No, you want to do that stuff yourself. I'm a grown man. I can do all that stuff. Yeah, good, um, good. Yeah, it keeps you grounded. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think the only thing that's changed is that, you know, the movie's finally out and all that wondering and all the questions, you know, now have been answered. And, you know, there's like, the, you know, I think the, the air has been like let out of the room, if you will, right? And mm. So that's kind of it, I think. You know, the whole release of Fast took such a long time. It wasn't just like, you know, quick, quick, fast and furious, if you will, you know, like, you know, press tour. It, it yeah. was so slow because it took forever for the movie to come out. We didn't even know if we were going to make it, actually, you know. And oh, then really? right after, we out, yeah, right after we came out, you know, things got shut down again, right? And then it got open again. So this Delta variant is like messing things up. But, you know, that's, I think that's the only thing that's changed is that, the movie's over. That's it. Now, other, other than that, everything's the same. Alex, yeah. <laughs> same dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the end of Fast Nine, um, the end of credit scene was possibly like you know it was it was a crazy thing if people actually waited through the credits. You and yeah. uh, well, uh, Han and his uh, killer in inverted commas, Deckard Shaw, finally came face to face. What's your take on what's going to happen between your character and Deckard? I don't have a take because I've yet to speak to the writers yet or the writer director <laughs> right? or directors or the powers that be that are controlling the story. But obviously, yeah. you know, from previous movies, those teasers are set up or something exciting to happen in the, you know, in the next upcoming film. So mm. I'm sure there's going to be some type of Western showdown, you know, between <laughs> Deckard Shaw and Han, right? Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's going to be what people just assume that's going to happen. You, know, you, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I have no idea, Alex. I wish I could tell you, but I, I don't know. <laughs> have you got? Um, I mean, have you got an idea of what you would like to happen? Like, is well, there is there a way like where? Yeah, I mean, like, is there a direction you want Han to go in? Because I know you were, you know, you talked in another interview about uh, you wanted maybe a future first film to be rated R. Is there like some kind of, you know, would you like to turn to like the dark side or? Oh, yeah, I would. Wouldn't it be nice to like show different dimension of the, yeah. the fast characters? Like what happens to a man when he loses his purpose in his life? Like if Giselle... Yeah was Han's purpose and that was the, the light that was keeping him, you know, that was the, the, the light that was keeping him going every day. Mm. And what happens when that light is gone, you know? And I'm sure it was a time where he went dark and it would be nice to explore that, you know? And especially yeah. you know, with Radar, the action can be a little bit more extreme and stuff. And dude, 
I mean, come on. Everybody loves Statham. I mean, to have an epic, like, battle with Jason Statham and Han would be dope, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, it would be right. good. It would be good. And um, it'd be nice to see Giselle maybe making a comeback as well. Justice for Giselle. I think that's already, you know, it's already kind of on its way on social media. I can see it every once in a while. I hope so. I hope that happens because, you know, Gail's just awesome to be around. And, yeah. you know, it's... But she's, we understand she's busy saving the universe. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is going from strength to strength, isn't it? It's, uh, those films yeah. are great. Really, I mean, she's a great actor and it's, it's nice to see like just some girl power. <laughs> you know, I mean, Fast and Furious has always been about, about the women being just as strong or, you know, actually sometimes stronger than the men. So it's good to, it's good to see that. Yeah, um, she, it's well-deserved. Well She's a Wonder Woman in real life. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, Star Wars, that has been wrapped. Am I right? Yeah. How yeah, did that so. all go? Because I don't think we've actually talked about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm not allowed to talk about story or character. Or of course, like, you know, of what, course. The, the, the actual like, goings-on of, of the of the film or what I, what my participation is, but I can tell you, Alex, it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had in my career. I mean, how awesome is it to, you know, in a way it was full circle where I was, you know, as a kid, I would dress up in the Halloween costumes as a star Wars character, you know, after school, I would come home and play pretend with my friends and, you know, and our, our imaginations would go there. And if, what if all these, what ifs, what if we could play Luke Skywalker? What if we could be, you know, Darth Vader? And then after all these years, you know, to be in the Star Wars universe, like it's pretty crazy, man. And I have to pinch myself. But most importantly, is the energy on set is, is amazing. You know, it's like people with like minds that all dreamt the same dreams that I had that, you know, that played pretend the same way I did. Mm. And, you know, for all of us, it was a dream come true to be on a Star Wars set, to be in that universe, right? And that's yeah. all I got to say, man. It was pretty special, you know? Yeah. So, Can we talk about you getting told off? <laughs> talk about what? Can we talk about you getting told off for letting random, oh, yeah. Yeah, some, some information slip? Yeah, I, I did some press for the F9 director's card and um, and it was I don't know, it was anyone's fault. I mean, everyone was excited about the show, and there's a lot of fans of Star Wars, and I should, probably shouldn't have said something. And, um, <laughs> and but I learned my lesson. I mean, look, I, I I wish I could tell everybody everything, and you know, anyone who's a fan feels like a family member because I can tell, I can see the excitement in their eyes, and and I want to share that, you know, and like yeah. I don't want to keep it to myself, but you know, it's it's how this. How it works in Hollywood, you got to yep. keep the stories, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, tight lipped before, you know, it premieres. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, can't, I, I can't talk about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, was was production, um, was it uh, altered a bit by, by the pandemic and stuff like that? Was it slowed down? Because I mean, I'm sure like if people are stuck in this, you know, in a production that's been pushed back or, you know, slowed down, I'm sure it's difficult to remember what you can or can't say. <laughs> Um, it, you know, of course, it's it's more difficult because there's just more protocol, more testing, just you know more you know things you have to be aware of before the camera rolls, mm. and so everything slows down, everything becomes more expensive. But 
you know, eventually, you know, the, the thing about art and artists is that, you know, great art comes with limitations and obstacles. And it's great when people come together and people, you know, colleagues come together and my peers mm. are, you know, coming together and, and adapting and being, you know, fluid and, and figuring it out and making it work. So somehow, you know, it all just works out at the end of the day. I mean, of course, it would be easier to not be on set with masks and go through all the protocols and be tested all the time. Yeah. And, you know, you wish there was more intimacy in terms of being able to hug people and all that stuff, but mm. it's the way it is. And, you know, it's, I think from what I heard, it's like 30% more you have to spend now because of, you know, the whole COVID issue. Right. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, that's hard. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you've been really, really busy. So, I mean, you, so you've got, yeah, Fast 9, which is obviously just, just finished and it's out. You've got um, Star Wars stuff, but you've also got Snakehead. And this is a film that I haven't seen a lot about because I think it's quite yeah. a niche. It's, it looks quite like an independent niche film. So yeah. uh, Snakehead is a term for human trafficker. From what I've seen, the film is it's dark, it's dirt, it's you know gritty, it's cutthroat. And it's already yeah. received amazing reviews. Um, but it hasn't been released yet to the public, as far as I know. Yeah. I think that's late October, isn't it? Um, yes. What yeah. can you tell me about that and and your character? Because you're you're playing a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this project we did four years ago, so it's been a long time. Oh, wow, it's was been it like long 10... ago? Yeah, and it was when I was living in New York. We shot this, and I, I happened to be there shooting Power, so it, it all worked out. And and. You know, Evan, Evan Leung, the director, and I've known each other for like 20 years. You know, we, we met each other on Better Luck Tomorrow when he was still a student um, in college. And, uh, and this is his first narrative feature. You know, he did this documentary called Insanity prior. And, um, you know, he's just been looking for the story and, and building his you know, tool chest, if you will. And, uh, and, uh, so he created this film. He created this story about um, you know the snake, the snakehead character, um, or the snakehead world, right? And yeah. um, the film is really, you know, led by two female characters, and you know they're great actresses, um, Jade and uh, Suya. Mm. And uh, and I play Rambo. Uh, I play the son of you know the the matriarch, and you know there's a lot of complexity to the relationship um, with his mother um, who is pretty much the kingpin of Chinatown and well-respected and feared and he lives in his, her shadows and you know in every way Snake Kid is the true definition of an independent film you know it took four years to finish and I don't think we even had a budget I don't remember what budget there was you know, yeah. everyone did it out of passion and, um, yeah and you know it's it's nice that finally it's coming out and you know people are recognizing it and they're seeing you know, the effort that went into it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool to see a film like that, you know, find its audience and find its feet and, you know, it's mm. being shared finally. Cause it's, it's so hard to make these movies. You know? Yeah, um, sure. Is it nice yeah. to, to go from something as, as big as the fast and furious and then go into this, you know, go back to like an independent film. Is it a nice kind of, you know, what, what are the differences um, between, like, you know, the whole filming process? 
Uh, well, the bigger budgets, you just have more resources and time to do exactly what you want to be doing on an indie film, right? Mm. Um, indie films, you know, the luxuries, you get more control and, you know, um, you know, there's less business to it because there's just less money. Yeah, there's yeah. less people involved, all of it. And your, you know, your currency is really, you know, passion. Um, and so it's harder, you know, but sometimes passion makes it all worthwhile where sometimes with the bigger budgets, you know, um, it becomes like a job or there's so many people there that, you know, people are clocking in and clocking out just to fulfill their, you know, their, their peace in the machine or if you will. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there's more of an intimate journey on the smaller films, you know, everybody on the crew and cast, you know, you have to, cause there's usually maybe 10 people anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 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 just the intimate. It's a more intimate journey, but the the processes of making a film is exactly the same. It's just you know limitations. It's like you know building a car, and then you being able to go to like the Nissan headquarters and going into their R and D garage and having every tool to your disposal and have every technician that's a, you know a master of that particular tool. Yeah. And then it's, you can go to your, you know, local, like, you know, your town mechanic and, you know, he doesn't have all the tools, but he can still put a pretty cool car together. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it actually comes out better than what would come out of factory because it was done out of love and passion it took forever. Right. But yeah, somehow he created a masterpiece. And so that's really like how you can compare the two. Right. So, yeah. you know, and neither are wrong and, you know, both of them are as hard and difficult. So not, one isn't, you know, easier than the other. One might have better food, right? That's about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes the best things come from, you know, when you've actually got to think of of how to do something. You know, you've got to think out of the box sometimes. And I can, I can, yes. I, I feel like that's just a huge learning opportunity. I love it. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's it's really kind of like my kind of movie, like that kind of. You know, awesome. just interesting, like interest, it's interesting videography and great characters. It's I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm also What's looking up? forward to Shaky Shivers. Tell mm. us about that. This is your first directing debut, right? Yes, very excited about this. Um, we're editing now. Um, it was 15 day shoot. It's a horror comedy about two girls that live in a small town, and it's a morality tale about being kind to strangers who. At the end of the night, beg for food. And, you know, right. if you treat people like assholes, what happens? They might curse you and you might turn into a werewolf, right? So, <laughs> it, I, you know, it's this combination of like Wayne's World meets American Werewolf in London meets Napoleon in Dynamite. And obviously, I don't know if you know those films, but you know, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. small town story about these two best friends. And they're at a crossroads in their life where they could split up or somehow because of this crisis you know they become wonder twins and join forces and they get out of it and then and it, and it creates a stronger bond right and then they become comfortable with who they are and and mm. they become comfortable in their skin and and proud of you know where they come from opposed to trying to run away from the small town you know and, you know it's like every small town store everybody wants to get out but it's reversing it going well what's so bad about it right like you know, it's okay to be proud from about where you come from. So it's been, it's a really, it was just fun. And it's like, it's nice to laugh and, 
you know, to be able to control and, and have input on the tone of the set and, and treat people a certain way where I've been taught by some of the best directors in the business that have given me so many tools to enhance and contribute to making the whole movie experience, you know, this dream come true. You know, that's why we're all here in this business is to play pretend and, and to fulfill this fantasy we had about being part of this Hollywood dream. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and I got to do it, man, you know, and, and I got to do that and I got to, you know, play with a bunch of strangers and create a wonderful experience. And I think we have a pretty good movie, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Movies, movies are made in three parts, you know, in the writing and then the shooting of it. And, and then the third part is the editing. Mm. And that's where I'm at right now. So we're putting the movie together and, We'll start, you know, putting the music and all the sound effects and special effects. But right, yeah. So hopefully, you know, by next mid mid next year, it'll be, you know, able to be seen by the world. So I'm super excited. Okay, great, cool. And what's it like being behind the camera compared to being in front? Did you? I mean, obviously, you know, you have to um, use different skills and and call from different experiences. But uh, did you have to like? Change, like did you change the side of bed you got out of you know is it is it completely you well know, you're the you're the you're the first one up and the last one to leave you know you have yeah. you, you know you you dictate literally everything that's happening you know you dictate the the, the tone of the day you know mm-hmm. the planning of the day um you know if if you you basically are you know like a coach on a on a, on a basketball or a football team you know yeah. and um and you so you know you're connected to every single element every single member of your team you know every item that comes in from the costumes to the props to the special effects you know it goes past your eyes like you touch it your fingerprints are on everything so you know you don't just come in and do your part and 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 read like you're not you never leave early you know um and um if you start slipping and you start getting tired or your, you know, your attitude changes, it's mm. automatic, like the whole vibe changes. So it's amazing how you become kind of like the, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the, the searchlight yeah. of kind of you know, moving everybody in a certain direction. And if you stop or you don't know where you're going, everyone gets lost. So it's empowering, but super scary. Mm. Right. Um, mm. But then, you know, in crisis, the best of you comes out or the worst of you. And, and that's what, you know, what's great about this experience that the best version of me got to come out. But then also at times the worst version of me came out. And mm. it's nice to see both and then, you know, not, not relish one, but then be able to go and work on the other. And, uh, and just, you know, it, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, Alex, physically. It is the hardest thing, but, you know, sleep didn't matter anymore because I was so excited to get up, you know, and, yeah, and then yeah. living and breathing this thing. It's like, and finally, it, it, I felt like my whole life I was missing one shoe, you know, and, right. and I was, you know, always a little off balance, right? And, and, and in the director's chair, I feel like I have both feet on the ground. Like, yeah. I know exactly why I'm doing it, where I'm going, and I love it. You know, like I love every single moment of it. Like even the problems I love because they're problems that normal people never face. You know, it's like 
the Bigfoot finger, you know, we have a Bigfoot and the finger keeps bending too much, right? Like <laughs> there's problems that nobody cares about. You know what I mean? Like, but we have to figure it out. And it's awesome when everybody comes together for yeah. some asinine idea that you have in your head <laughs> and then it manifests somehow. It's pretty, pretty amazing to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I bet. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a hugely, I can understand it being entirely hugely stressful, not because not only because you have to see this project from start to finish and make sure it's all as high quality as you want it to be, but also, you know, you've then got to release it to the world and, you know, whether it's good or bad, I'm sure everyone is incredibly stressed about that. How do you cope with that kind of uh, pressure? Well, I'm affected by it, but then, you know, I've been able to, you know, rely on some tools that I've learned over time and, you know, and I step back and I go, well, what's important here now? Hmm. You know, like what is the stress coming from? And it's usually coming from fear or some type of ego related thing, right? Like the actual problem is, you know, always resolvable. You know, if, if, if minds get together and the attitude is right and, you know, the stress, you know, becomes like, all of a sudden turns into like insecurity and that insecurity turns into blaming other people. So it's just mm -hmm. a domino effect that's going to go nowhere and it's just going to actually prevent the project then. And you as a director have to have conviction in your choice. Otherwise people get lost, like I said, right? And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I think, what was your question? I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. It was how, to, how you cope with, with just Oh, the cope with the stress, there. yeah. And so, you know, you step back and you go, well, why am I here? And then yeah. that kind of settles me down. And if it was, you know, if, 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 the, if the why was not solid and mm. that ethos didn't have conviction to it, mm. I think stress would just be continuous. But then I step back and I go, so what's going on? It's like we're running out of time or we might not get that, you know, we might not get that coverage or, or that shot was just horrible or something broke or, Somebody, somebody's late or this didn't show up or this prop's not working or whatever. And you step back and you go, all right, me stressing on this and me being emotional about it is not fixing the problem. It's actually making it worse, especially when it comes from me. Yeah. And me not taking it seriously doesn't help either, but it's really going, everybody settle down. We're not curing cancer here. Remind yourself, we're not saving lives. We're entertaining and yeah. step back and go let's have fun and let's yeah. have fun figuring out the problem and then it just works you know and it's it has that attitude has to come from the top and it's yeah. kind of cool that you apply it because it's theoretical you go i think that'll work and then you do it and it actually works right yeah. <laughs> <And> everybody <laughs> kind of relaxes because remember it is a movie and then when you step back you go yeah it is just a movie about you know, two girls having, you know, and, and werewolves. And at the end of the day, we can't take this so seriously and we can't take ourselves so seriously, yeah. but we take the work seriously and mm. that's it. Right. So. Yeah. That's a good way to think. That's a very good way to yeah. think. Uh, have you got anything, any other projects that's um, like directing projects that, that you're thinking of starting? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a few other projects, uh, projects that are have been in the works um and i want to stick with you know i would love to do comedy um but i also want to you know stick 
with you know car themed stories so okay like i would i would love to blend like the bullet you know uh uh a gone in 60 seconds and a drive movie yes you know? yeah like nice. think, and, and 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 some fast and furious right like we yeah. need that like I, I think there's there's something missing in cinema today and tv shows like you know yeah. like we don't have these shows that the cars are heroes anymore like what yeah. what was the last film that you remember like oh the car was one of the main characters i don't remember you know yeah. like yeah. I, I don't remember like you can't re- you can't name what was the last movie that had a car with a name in it like eleanor or herbie right yeah that's or, a very good point or, or kit right like yeah. where are these film tv shows that's what i want to do right and this community that, you know, I'm able to, you know, be a part of in L.A., uh, there's so many wonderful stories here and cars, man, that people haven't seen, that people need to see, Alex, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, exciting, exciting. Okay, nice, nice. Oh, that's great. Um, so talking of cars, have you got, have you got uh, time to just quickly go over what you've been doing this week and, and specifically your... Sure your your new little black number tell the yeah, people so about that we'll start with the little the new number so this morning uh we went to go pick up a 84 grand national to start the kin kudo kin is gold and kudo means half black half japanese oh, okay and this is a 84 grand national that we just got a roller you know and yep. it was, it's it's been sitting for 19 years and um rust free you know it's just a great candidate mm-hmm. for a you know a i guess a, a resto mod build if you will you know a new piece of art so this yeah. king kudo idea is to take you know the g body and or the grand national and blend it if a grand national had a baby with a gtr that's what we're creating <laughs> basically that's what we're doing that's essentially it it's like if a grand be a grand national had a baby with a a uh, a new uh, R35 powertrain GTR, the Kinkudo would come out. It would be regal. It would be royal. It would just be a head turner. Um, yeah. Some people yeah. are going to love it, and some people are going to hate it. But the ethos of it for me is twofold: is that um, one, it's an opportunity to work with so many of my friends. The friends that are just into american you know the american iron stuff or the grand national stuff and then you got my jdm friends it's to be able to bridge this gap and like collaborate yeah. together and what a great platform right yeah. and second you know it represents something that is so important that we need in society today is that look like it's a car that you know that the theme of it is blending asian and black together right two things yeah. that you, to, you know and blending a gtr and a, and a grand national together it's like things that you go huh but for some reason they work right and yeah. it's like relationships like you know biracial relationships right it's like yeah. that's really what we're mirroring and it's like what a great ethos to start with and yeah. you know that's something i could wake up to and and at the end of the day come on man who doesn't love a grand national <laughs> oh, who doesn't no. love a gtr right yeah. you mix these two Come on. Two it's legends like that, come together. <laughs> yeah. Remember that car a couple of years ago that they had a Ferrari engine and like a, I think it was like a Oh, it was Scion. A, yeah. Yeah. Right? It was Chris Forsberg's, wasn't it? 
Uh, was, oh, was it, Chris? it Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't Chris Forsberg's. It was... It was, like it was, it was Ryan Turk. Car, Ryan Turk. Yeah, oh, the yeah. GT... Well, make that car. Yeah, the, what was you it? Know, oh, what, GT4586. Really yeah, cool. Go, what is this car? Yeah. It's super cool, right? Super cool. Yeah, really cool. Oh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Yeah. And it's good because, you know, you've, you, your, your character has had a history of this. Well, not, not specifically your character, but, you know, Tokyo Drift had the... We were saying a couple of days ago, it's, it's, it had the RB-swapped Mustang. And, yeah, yeah, like you said, people you know some people maybe thought it was sacrilege but i think you know i think a lot of people would look at that and go that's something that's one that's never been done before two it's just cool and yeah. uh, you know it's 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 for you it's the whole learning experience and the people working on it as well do you think they've ever put yeah. that engine into that car <laughs> i don't well, think so you know, I, I don't know. think that i don't i don't think the engine that has ever been swapped into another car right i haven't seen one R35 it's, it's rare i've seen maybe some for like drift cars but not into an, oh, okay. not into an american car that's for sure yeah it's, it's always been be you know cool. maybe into like um uh, an r34 skyline or something like that but i don't i've yeah. never seen it really go into like another family of cars so that's really exciting um, and it's fitting because you know it's a v6 turbo right yeah. r35 and then so yeah. is the buick right yeah so, yeah it's one of the first yeah. of its kind wasn't it because the the fuel um the fuel was it a shortage or just the increase in price in fuel all cars had to reduce their their miles uh, sorry increase their miles per gallon and you know they had to yeah uh, and this is also when the when the japanese cars became so popular as well because they did have smaller right. engines and you know they did actually right. start to sell in america so no, it's got so many meanings. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. do you know if the power is going to be sent to all four wheels or the rear wheels, or haven't you really thought about that yet? Um, well, we would like to keep it all four wheels. That would be cool. Really? Right? Oh, oh okay. wouldn't that be awesome? So that but that's would be. that's yeah, that's that's a lot of engineering that we have to figure out. Yes. So, yeah, because it's know, it's actually we, quite a small car, isn't it? Yeah, it is a small car, yeah. but but a lot of room. Like, you know, you got to remember right. it's a G body. It's an American car from the 80s. So yeah. tr- you could put a couple of bodies in the trunk. And, you know, yeah. you could, <laughs> I mean, the engine bay, the engine bay is very generous. It's very yeah. American. Right. So, I mean, I it, think about it, even if you put it connected to fast, it's like, you yeah. know, if Han were to rebuild a fast and furious car, it would be this because he would have got the car from Dom. There'd be yeah. something wrong with the engine. And he's like, "Hey, I do RB twenty six swaps and Mustangs. And let me let me do a <laughs> RB thirty five and this. It totally makes sense, right?" Yeah, so, exactly. And and yeah. you know, at the end of Tokyo Drift, Dom said that that Han was into American Muscle when when you that's were going right. with him. So you know, there's um yeah, there's definitely a history there. I think that's such a great idea, such a great idea. Um, so and then two other cars, two other cars that are actually two cars that are going to be premiering pretty soon, Alex. Are the two S thirty two forty Zs the uh, the early seventy one series one the Doxy, and then the seventy three Faguzi. Um, so the Faguzi Kenji's pretty much done with the motor. Um, mm. It's you know it's it's being resorted from NA to you know to twin turbo. Twin turbo yeah. um, it's going to probably be at about four hundred horsepower. So, um, yeah, and it's just going to be this new version, this like, you know, second coming of the Fuzzy. And then the dock will be complete. um, And they're both premiering at JCCS on October 30th. Yeah. And then big news is um, we got confirmation from Nissan that 
the Dock C will be at the Nissan Butensima, you know, with the 400Z. So that's a true nice. honor and a privilege, right? To yeah. have one of your cars, a, you know, a 240Z that, you know, so many people are now in love with to be able to be with the new one, right? So yeah. this is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's huge confirmation, isn't it? That what you're doing is along the right lines. Like for, yeah. for the factory to be able to go, yeah, we want that alongside our our factory cars that's a huge compliment yeah. and all you know yeah. rightly so it's a great great car um just quickly what what were like the philosophies behind the cars because i know the Faguzi was like the social media car that brought everyone together was it similar with doxy well the Faguzi's ethos was just remember the Faguzi was you know three friends getting together on the weekend yeah and to build something together to hopefully build a track around we didn't know what we we're doing and then Greddy and Kenji came in and they, yeah. you know, they basically created what we see in front of us. Right. And, you know, Kenji became the mentor, like the older brother that brought me into the whole, like, you know, build world. And yes. basically, you know, <laughs> basically, basically started educating me on like, you know, what I didn't know. Right. So, and, yeah. and so that was that ethos. And, you know, I, that was, I, I felt like, you know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know much about anything. I didn't know the history. I didn't know why I was doing this. And then I went and became a student of Mr. Katayama and the whole history of the S30 and his history at Nissan. Um, yeah. And, you know, became a student of his, his, his like philosophy. Right. And that's when I really became, um, you know, a fan and fell in love with the 240 because it's a representation of who the man was. And, yeah. If you guys have a chance to read his biographies or, you know, th there's, there's books that really go into detail about, yeah. you know, the, the man behind the car. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So anyway, yeah. you know, the, the S30 or the 240 became to me like more precious because I started to learn about Mr. Katayama and the idea of like mentorship kept coming into my head. And I was like, Kind of throwing that energy out there going man i wish i had like a mentor like a mr like a real life mr miyagi that yeah. could you know teach me not just the, the pragmatics of rebuilding a car but the why behind it like why do you have this passion behind this car and fortunately i got to meet eric aguilar who became you know basically my you know my teacher you know he's like my mentor mm. and this guy you know, since the 80s, it has been like resurrecting, um, you know, 240s from junkyards when they were like worthless because yeah. he loved these cars. And this guy can pull out a bolt and tell you where the, you know, where that bolt comes from. from <laughs> I mean, like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's, it's, it's like some type of genius, you know, um, <laughs> yes. in, a, in a garage watching this guy work. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and I feel like, with him, we're creating a masterpiece. And a masterpiece yeah. in the sense that there are many cars that it will be better. It's not, I'm not saying we're better than any other, but it's a masterpiece in the sense that it's it's everything and all of the why of why Eric Aguilar loves this car. And mm. and and the why and and the respect for every element of this car that I've gained by studying Mr. Katayama. And to be able to create, if you will, like a, like a, like a statue, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's like a modern statue that represents like the best of us, right? And friendship and mentorship. Yeah. And we, and it's something that's going to live on, and, and the detail that goes into these things, right? It's like mm. it's amazing, right? And the collaboration, it's, 
again, like I feel blessed that I, I, I get to hang out with amazing people and learn so many things because of a car. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. and that's what Doc Z symbolizes Doc being the doctor, you know, being somebody that is like, you know, like, you know, as a mentor. I mean, the whole name comes from that is, you know, the, the history of the doc is it was, it was bought by a father and son. It's the, the father was, a, is a doctor. Right. And, yeah. and there, they had this dream of like, you know, building a Z for the Ba 1000 It never happened. And the son moved to LA and brought the car out here and it was just sitting. And then I found it on Facebook and then got it from him. And then I love this whole story of like, Oh, it was, it was a father and son build. And, and in a way, like Eric became kind of that experience that I've always yearned for. It's like to be in a garage with like a father figure. And, mm. and we were ready to resurrect this, like this car that basically just, just, you know, had little metal and most, it, most of it was rust, you know? So, um, <laughs> a bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. But wait till, um, wait till the, you know, I can't wait to share this car with the world and yeah. show how many of my friends that have this like love affair for the, for the 240 have come together and created something that you know to me and every time i go and see the car i'm just like honored to be a part of it you know i don't even consider yeah. it my car i just yeah. feel like i'm creating a piece of art you know 